listening to iOS Dev Break, 15 minutes of current events, tips, and advice for iOS developers, including, but not limited to, discussions of Swift, iOS, watchOS, and tvOS. Welcome to iOS Dev Break, episode 24, another facepalm event. I'm your host, Evan Stone, here to chat with you about some news and uh, a potential fix that you can uh, employ with Xcode 10 if you're having this particular problem. Uh, so let's get started. The uh, The first thing I'd like to talk about today is some news and current events. Uh, this is specifically dealing with uh, the news that we got fairly recently. I think it was September 12th when this blog post went up. But uh, as was written in the Fabric blog, the future of Fabric unveiling a roadmap and migration flow. And so uh, what happened is that Fabric, uh, so if you're using Crashlytics or Digits or some of their other products, that whole thing that was acquired from Twitter a little while back is now under the ownership of Google. But they're going to be wrapping that into Firebase. They're just going to migrate it into Firebase as part of the whole Firebase platform. So uh, for those who are using Firebase, this is probably great news because then you'll get some added tooling and uh, you'll get things like Crashlytics, and, and, which is a great tool. Uh, for those of us who started off with Crashlytics... Uh, when it was its own thing, and then uh, it migrated into Fabric, and uh, and then it got the other kind of the other tools as like Beta and Digits. Uh, that that was okay. Uh, being a part of Twitter was so so, um, but it, it always felt like you know we were always waiting for the other shoe to drop, and the other shoe dropped, and Google acquired it. And so now, uh, I guess it was kind of another waiting game and for another facepalm event to come along, which was what was just announced. And so uh, I have mixed emotions about this. Personally, I don't think it's really great news. I I have no desire to use Firebase, even though people who use Firebase love it. Uh, I just don't want to get trapped into another parse scenario. Even though I really, I really liked working with parse. I think it was a great, a great platform. It was just a shame that Facebook had to shut it down. But um, this brings up the topic of relying on third-party dependencies, and other podcasts have talked about this at great length. And so it's not really any, it's not a new thing. But it's just something that we need to bring up every once in a while. So if you're using something like CocoaPods or Carthage, these package managers, maybe it gets a little easy to start relying on a lot of third-party dependencies. And the the problem is that once you start relying too much on those, then if something happens where another company acquires the product or it just gets abandoned or it gets shut down or somebody injects malware into it. And so there's a lot of scenarios that we have to be very careful with when using third-party dependencies. I'm not against them. In fact, I I use them in all my apps. Uh, Right now I do use Fabric. Uh, this change that's coming up has definitely caused me to reevaluate that. But I think um, it's just something that we need to bring up every once in a while. Honestly, I am less opposed to relying on Apple's tools that they give us, even though they've, you know, they've uh, shut down things and, and deprecated things in the past. But 
uh, honestly, I, I think we have a better chance if we if we rely on those. Uh, not that you necessarily have to write your own things either, but sometimes that is the right way. In fact, uh, I think it was Guy Rambo who mentioned that he he wrote his own analytics uh, engine using uh, Swift in the back end, which I thought was a very interesting and intriguing. And hopefully we can chat with him one of these days about that. But that just shows that maybe not relying on so many third-party dependencies is a good way to do it. Take a simple route if you do want to build these things out yourself. Uh, I'm still kind of undecided about what I need to do about my current products. You know, do I migrate to everything to Firebase? That's what Google wants me to do. That's what Google wants you to do. But uh, whether that's the, the right thing to do is something that you'll have to weigh for yourself and analyze if that is a, a worthwhile uh, exchange to, to make. So um, so it, it may be, and uh, relying on Google is probably a relatively safe bet. They have fairly deep pockets, but they are also known for pulling the rug out of some of their products too. So, uh, you know, it's, it's one of the things that, that takes a little bit of caution. Yeah, and so I uh, just wanted to bring that up because I thought it was a very interesting news report. I'll put the link to the blog post here. And also they have another site that they reference, which is the roadmap for Fabric. And that is at get.fabric.io forward slash roadmap. And that just sort of is a visual, kind of a clever visual animated infographic of what they're trying to accomplish with this. And so you'll see that by mid 2019, it says bid farewell to fabric. So they're basically sunsetting or not sunsetting, but they are migrating fabric into Firebase. So it'll just be a part of, of Firebase and fabric as we know it today will be gone. So, uh, it, so that's probably something you should know about if you are using fabric, if you haven't heard that already. And that is it for news. But uh, before we continue on, I'd like to just take a moment and talk about this episode's sponsor, Hover. As uh, iOS developers, we are always coming up with new app ideas, aren't we? But once we have an idea, how do you get the ball rolling on that idea? One great way to put a stake in the ground for your next app project is to register a domain name right away. That way you establish your idea and get it off the ground immediately. You tell the world that you're already underway on your next great app idea. In fact, when I started the app that I'm working on, that's exactly what I did. I went out and registered the the domain first just so I could make sure that it was mine from that point on. And just like you want your app to be effortless for your end users when they interact with it, the folks at Hover have made the process of registering a domain as easy as it could possibly be. I love using Hover when I get an app idea, and you're going to love using Hover too, and here's why. First of all, you can quickly and easily discover and register a domain that's perfect for your app idea. And not only can you register your typical top-level domains like .com, .net, .org, but you can also register some of the the newer, fancier ones the cool kids are using uh, today like .io and .app. In fact, they have hundreds of extensions that you can search and register for uh, literally from A to Z, from .actor to .zone. Also, uh, Hover's domain search will provide helpful suggestions to you if your first choice isn't currently available. So you'll always have some awesome options to choose from. Not only will you love Hover's search, but you will love Hover's support as well. 
Their support is simply amazing. They have best-in-class support for you. You can get the help when you need it and with no annoying phone trees or transfers. They'll have someone there to help you. And they have a live chat functionality with knowledgeable staff to help you. Everyone, of course, is concerned about privacy and security. And Hover also offers free domain privacy so you can protect your contact information from hackers and spammers. So if you are ready to get that app off the ground and find your next domain name, you can also get... 10% off on your first order when you use Hover. How? Just go to hover.com forward slash iOS dev break and they will automatically take 10% off your first order at checkout when you use the promo code dev break. That's D-E-V-B-R-E-A-K. So go out there and check out Hover. Register your domain name. They are super awesome. They're very nice people, very helpful. And best of all, they are supporting iOS DevBreak. So check them out at hover.com forward slash iOS DevBreak and use that promo code DevBreak when you get there and you'll get that 10% off your first order. And uh, we'd like to give a big thanks to Hover for supporting this episode of iOS DevBreak. Okay, the next topic is something that just came up also. It's, it's funny because I have a few topics that I've been wanting to get to and I keep putting them off. Um, this is not one of those. This is something that, that came up. And as a, as a result of these kind of things that, that come up, like the, the thing with Fabric and this thing I'm going to talk about with Xcode 10, uh, the, these issues just keep coming up. And so the, the things that I have been hoping to get to just get put off. So hopefully next week I can talk about some of the topics that, uh, that I've been really wanting to get to. But I thought this was important enough that I needed to share it. Uh, this is something that came up to me while I was testing this week. Our team has moved uh, entirely to Xcode 10, and which is great. I really en- enjoy working with Xcode 10, um, and it's got some some excellent uh, features and uh, little you know, indicators. And we have the code folding again, and you know, there's a lot of nice things that that are in Xcode 10. And uh, But one of the problems that I had recently was with regard to testing. What I wanted to do, uh, this, this wasn't a real problem out of the box because Xcode 10 ships with the simulators that have uh, iOS 12. But what I really wanted to do was to also load up the Xcode. What I wanted to do was also load up the simulators that contained iOS 11.4. So I went through the process of downloading and installing the simulators and everything seemed to go okay. And then when I went to to test, to actually run inside the, the simulator, uh, I got a very, very cryptic kind of error message. And uh, if you've experienced this, uh, you might recognize it. The, the error message was something like uh, com.apple.coresimulator.simruntime.ios dash 11 dash four simulator runtime is not available. And so when I got that, that was this, this feeling of, oh no, what's gone wrong. So I was not able to test immediately on iOS 11.4. So um, I went through searching. So I went through and searched, uh, of course, the uh, font of all knowledge that is Stack Overflow. And of course, I was able to find some some good information for this. It was it was on a tangentially related kind of uh, post. 
uh, dealing with people that have had issues with simulators and so forth. And so the uh, the interesting thing was that uh, the iOS 12 simulators were still working okay. So that was fine. But it was the 11.4 simulators that wouldn't run. And so it was very strange that it would even, even come up with that. So it turns out what you do is you uh, bring up Terminal, and then you do a sudo kill all dash 10, and then you enter in com.apple.coresimulator.coresimulator.service. And, and that effectively shuts down that service. And then what you can do is then relaunch Xcode and uh, start up your simulator with the 11.4 simulator. And in my case, that was exactly what needed to be done. And it worked great. So I just thought I'd pass this on because it sounded like this might be a common enough scenario that it might be good to, to mention it. And so if you are having that problem, hopefully that will will help you there. Okay, I think we have enough time for one more uh, thing. And this is, um, and I no pun intended on that, um, with regard to uh, running Swift and testing Swift, but not doing it in Xcode. So this is something that I wanted to do recently. I wanted to be able to just test out a little bit of Swift. I didn't want to use like an online interpreter and I didn't want to also, I didn't want to run Xcode. I didn't want to use a playground because for me, playgrounds have just not been working well at all. And uh, I haven't tested them much in Xcode 10, but I know for sure in Xcode 9, uh, all versions, as I've already talked about this uh, at length, that uh, playgrounds just for me was a complete mess in Xcode 9, Xcode 10 hopefully is better. But what I wanted to do was to be able to just test out some Swift code. And uh, so then I recalled that when Swift was released, they talked all about the Swift REPL, R-E-P-L. So this is uh, something that allows you to run and test Swift uh, in a command line. And so this is something that I thought, oh, I wonder if this still exists or if it was just something that they introduced and then now with Xcode maturing and playgrounds and, and so forth that maybe it wasn't there anymore, but turns out it is. Uh, and so I thought I'd pass this on as a little tip that if you just want to test out some Swift, uh, it's still a thing. So it is great for testing out simple Swift without actually running Xcode. And so it's a really even simpler alternative to doing a playground. As much as I like using a playground, this was kind of nice to be able to just run this. So how do you do it? Well, uh, you again, you launch Terminal. And then what you do is you type in XC run Swift. And what that does is that will launch the REPL. And then you'll be able to use, you'll be able to enter in Swift a code and uh, test it out, similar to using a playground, um, but in a command line kind of interface. And so uh, anyway, I thought I'd pass that tip on. I thought it was really cool that, that the Swift REPL was still there, that it was still a thing and still usable. Now, the one thing that was kind of tricky that I didn't, it took me a second to figure out a little while, I might've had to actually look this up, but the, the next question was, okay, now that I'm in this thing, how do I get out? So uh, to quit, you enter in the command colon exit or colon quit or colon Q. And any of those will uh, get you out of the Swift REPL there. So uh, anyway, so I hope that tip helps you. I thought it was really interesting and kind of fun to play around with. And I hope it's useful. So there you go, Swift REPL. 
And at that, I think that wraps up our show for this week. In fact, I think I went over time a little bit, but but that's good. I think last week might have been a little short, and especially with the now that we have sponsor ads, I'd like to make sure that we're getting 15 minutes of content. Uh, I don't. I think I might have fallen short last week on that, but uh, this week we'll make up for it. So we got that extra tip on the Swift Repl for you. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And until next time, I'll catch you on the flip side on iOS Dev Break. Thank you for listening to iOS Dev Break with your host, Evan K. Stone. If you would like to learn more information about the podcast or read the show notes, or if you would like to hear more episodes, go to iosdevbreak.com. You can also find various other ways of supporting the show there. So we encourage you to check it out. You can also follow and tweet feedback and questions to the show on Twitter at iosdevbreak, and please spread the word. We'd really appreciate it. If you would also like to support the show in a monetary way, please go to patreon.com forward slash iosdevbreak, and there you can find out how to help us out just for a dollar a month. If you are interested in sponsoring a future episode, please send an email to sponsor at iosdevbreak.com. Thank you again for listening to iOS Dev Break, and until next week, we will catch you on the flip side. iOS Dev Break is a production of Interactive Logic. 